Scaling quickly is something that's extremely enticing in the multifamily space. And it's actually one of the reasons why I picked it as the preferred method of financial freedom for both me, my family, and our investors. Today's guest, Tate Seamer of Greenlight Equity Group, accomplished that huge scale quickly. Learn about his journey going from zero to 572 units in just 18 months. This is Building Passive Income and Wealth Through Real Estate, where we guide you through the relentless pursuit of financial independence. I'm your host, Justin Moy, Managing Partner at Perpetual Wealth Capital, a multifamily real estate investing firm that lets everyday people invest passively in income-producing apartment buildings. Hey, investors. Welcome back to another episode of Building Passive Income and Wealth Through Real Estate. Today, I am sitting down with Tate Seamer. Now, Tate, is managing partner at Greenlight Equity Group and has over 16 years of experience in the real estate space with the current focus on apartments and syndications. Tate, we are super excited to have you here. Thanks for coming on. Awesome to be here, Justin. Stoked to share hopefully some really good value with your listeners. I love it. That's what we're here for. So you have quite an experience in the real estate space. I mean, you flipped properties. You've done small multifamily. You've recently, from hearing from other podcasts, have scaled up into larger multifamily. Is large multifamily still the focus? And is that where you see the business continuing and the best investments continuing or what's on the horizon? Yeah. Awesome question. So as you know, there's lots of different ways to be in real estate, whether it's single family or commercial. And we've done a lot of it. We've done a lot of single family flipping and also in buy and hold investing. We've done land entitlement deals. We've done some new build development deals. And we've made a lot of mistakes along the way. We've done small multifamily. We did a 12 unit. We've done a 20 unit. And then last year, we bought over 550 units in six different communities. So we have obviously scaled up. And we did that quite rapidly. As you can tell, it took us about 18 months to go from having no doors at all to having 572. And we are headed in the direction of not only larger scale multifamily like we've been doing, but actually larger than what we've been doing. So our most recent LOIs, one was on a 360 unit, one's on a 194 unit. We were chasing another 360 plus unit deal in Oklahoma City for a while. And so we're really trying to get in on the mix on some of these bigger assets that often are on market, quite frankly, in the markets where we're shopping, which are Columbus, Ohio and Oklahoma City. Really some of the best assets to get are the ones that hit the market. So we've been competing with some big players and learning along the way, but we're trying to scale up. So we want to be going bigger and bigger on these transactions. So you said zero to 572 units in 18 months. Yep. And yeah. Don't seven, just seven, seven different communities. Tell us more yeah. about that. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds obviously impressive. You got to take into consideration though, that we had spent the previous two and a half plus years really sowing the seeds and developing our own skills and our own education and our own relationships. And like getting into these markets and learning who the brokers are, who the power players are, and learning all the specifics about the market, the submarkets. And that's a lot of work and a lot of time invested. We went to the markets many, many times before we closed any deals there. 
which by the way, side note is an absolute huge key to success in this business is going to your markets, going to the properties that you're making offers on, walking them with the broker. You want as much broker FaceTime as you can get. And the best broker FaceTime that you can get is at a property walking a deal. So all that said, we put some things in place that paid off huge for us. And last year in 2021, we acquired our 20 unit in 2020. And then everything else, the 552 units came in 2021. It was hard work. It was, we raised a lot of capital for those deals. That was something that we never done. We never raised capital at that scale before. And we're continuing to do that. So you were buying in a time where a lot of people were hunkering down in 2021. Is that pretty fair? Yeah. I would say the first two, three months of COVID, people started kind of hunkering down and some people stayed hunkered down. But most of the investors I know, like I had Neil Bawa, had a good conversation with him recently on my own podcast. And it was the biggest year ever for multifamily, no matter how you look at it, like the most volume, the lowest cap rates, the highest rent growth, the highest single family growth, like metric after metric, it was the biggest year ever. So if you sat last year out, unfortunately, you kind of missed out. Yeah. And it's not that a lot of people were just hunkering down, but it's tough and scary and risky to do something newer because it's very hard to embark on this journey. Like you guys had your older business down where you were doing the small multifamily. You're kind of doing it amongst yourselves. You had a really great system. And then COVID hits and you're like, Hey man, we're going to go 500 plus units this year. You know, like (laughs) that's a crazy thing. And I like what you said earlier was that it's a lot of groundwork, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You might buy 500 units in a year in this business. That's very realistic, but more realistically, you had two or three or more years of nothing, of mm-hmm. getting nothing, you know, striking out every single time, LOI is rejected, not getting close. And then you start doing like what you said, going out to your market a lot, meeting okay. brokers at properties. I can't tell you the first time once I started touring properties, even just one property tour, you start getting so much different communication from brokers. That's right. They take you a lot more seriously when you show up and you buy a plane ticket and rent a car and all the stuff. And they're going to take you very seriously at that point. Yeah. And it's interesting when you speak with these brokers, you start to understand kind of what's in their lives. Brokers, especially last year, like you had mentioned, a lot of people drove to multifamily, a lot of people. Yeah, They get LOIs without even knowing who the person was, never getting a question or a call from them, never speaking to this potential buyer, just an LOI in their inbox. They found their email yeah. on the website or something like that. Yeah. And you know, it's not that you're that when you don't see them or meet them or tour the property. But when you tour the property, it's almost like you just step in like the top 5% of people looking at that asset, right? Because not everybody tours, not everybody takes that seriously. A lot of people see it as I'll just write up a hundred LOIs this month and I'll get something. They just throw them all out there. So I really like that. I mean, it's a lot of foundation work. So you don't live in Oklahoma city or you said Cleveland, was it? Columbus, Ohio. So I guess, how does that work? Because that's going to be the case for most people who are investing, right? I mean, statistically mm-hmm. speaking, most people live in you know California, New York, where a lot of people for various reasons don't want to invest in. How often do you think somebody should, if they're getting into this business, be in their markets if they're traveling? Is it monthly? Is it quarterly at least? Is it as Yeah, new? I would say quarterly at least. Monthly is tough. But now that we own three properties in Columbus and we own three properties in Oklahoma City, and so we have asset management duties there now that are pretty intense, to be honest with you, because we're doing, in some cases, some pretty heavy lift value add projects. 
so we end up going there a fair amount. And I would say I'm in one of the two markets every six weeks, just to be real. My two partners, Chelsea Garber and Carl York, also travel and do market visits. We try to go together whenever we can. And like I said, I think they're one of the huge keys to our success in getting deals closed. Corey Peterson, one of my mentors along the way, a very important mentor to me, says, always go to the property that you're writing an LOI on. If it's worth writing an LOI on, it's probably worth going to. And like you say, it'll put you right at the top of the list. Assuming your offer is a good one and is competitive, it's going to put you right at the top of the list. And that's tough to do too in the beginning because you have scale right now to travel, right? Okay. I'll go to properties and also visit our existing properties. I mean, you have a pretty full day and it's a really worthwhile trip. For some of those newer investors that maybe don't have that, yes, I totally understand it's tough to fly out to maybe tour one hot lead on a property. Maybe you might get lunch with a broker if you're lucky, You know, they might deny you, whatever the case may be. But yeah, I think focusing on that market is so important because if you're in like four different markets and you don't have property in either of them yet, and now you got to fly to four different areas just to tour properties, you know, you're going to burn out a lot faster than if you just have one. By the way, I don't think you should start with four different markets. Just kind of my feeling overall is that it's really hard to be a master of one or two markets, much less three or four. So if you're going to go into four, make it be like in Oklahoma City, Tulsa is a really good sister market for that. So we're looking about maybe expanding into Tulsa because we already have our roots in OKC, but we're not underwriting deals in Dallas or some of the other markets. A lot of times, because now that we have the roots and the broker relationships where we actually have enough deal flow from our two target markets to keep the wheels rolling forward. So we don't look outside a market a whole lot these days. And I would say just to address what you said about, yeah, it's kind of tough to go to a single market just for one LOI that you're writing, and maybe it's one of your first ones, but look at it this way. You can get six other things done when you go to that market to see that property. You can call 20 brokers a week before you go out, tell them you're going to be there, tell them you'd love to walk a property or two with them, tell them you'd love to take them to lunch, all of those things. You're going to get a few appointments if you call 10 to 20 brokers. And then property managers, you need to have good property management team in your market. So you can get an awful lot done in a market visit and they can be just incredibly valuable. So I highly recommend them. Absolutely. And I always send out a big mass email when I fly to our market, just of all the brokers that I have a CRM and I have a tag for them. And I say, Hey, I'm going to be in town from this day to this day. First, do you have any properties that I could take a look at maybe that I haven't seen? Because a lot of times they have things a month or two before they hit market. There's always things to do there and really make the most out of that time. So you had mentioned before on a couple of podcast appearances that I've heard from you that if you could kind of talk to yourself in the past and give yourself that advice that you would sort of emphasize that buying and holding strategy, is that still something that you believe in? If so, why? If not, why not? Yeah. Because the buy and hold strategy, whether you're talking single family, you're talking duplexes and fourplex, or you're talking small multi, or you're talking large multi, no matter how you cut the cake, the only way to grow wealth and to grow it in a significant way is to buy and hold. And had we, when we were flipping, held a property for every two or three or four that we sold, things would be quite different for us right now, frankly. And we were a little younger and not quite as smart as we are now and not as experienced. And we ended up selling them all. And that was during a very rapid appreciation time here in Salt Lake City when we were doing the single family. So 
The same is true with multi. Now with large scale multi, you're typically modeling anywhere from a three to a 10 year hold. Often we're modeling a five year hold and that can be either five years and sell it or five years and refinance it and keep it. But that's typically how we model things out. But at the end of the day, our ultimate goal is a large balance sheet that's growing nicely and appreciating well. And that's kind of what it takes. Yeah. So when you're underwriting a deal now and you kind of have that ideal exit strategy because it's heavily on debt, you got to know what kind of debt you're going to take on. And you want to know if you want to put down 20% and get something short-term or 25, get something long-term. Are you looking at that between five years or so we want to refi and then continue holding this? And is that something that your investors like, especially in today's market where a lot of people are taking on bridge debt, 24 months, 36 months, interest only 80% leverage, and then they're selling. And Sometimes they're making great money. You know, it's yeah, not a bad I mean, strategy, but it's hard to be competitive, right? Because they can afford right. to pay a little more because they're putting down less, they're getting interest only, they might have better terms. So how are you kind of seeing deals in today's market in the today's competitive atmosphere? Well, every deal that we look at, we look at individually as far as debt goes. And we'll just strategically get the best debt that we think will fit the property the best in the business plan and everything else. And so we've done bridge loans and we've done shorter term loans. And the reality is, in particular, Columbus, we've picked a market that has an amazing amount of upward pressure on rent growth and on appreciation in the single family world. And we feel like we've mitigated a lot of risk just by being in the market and the submarkets that we're in. But as far as debt goes, a lot of times what we're seeing is, and I'm sure you've seen this, Justin, where people underwrite a deal or three-year exit or five-year exit, and they're getting their pro forma NOIs in year one and two. yeah, And you can't afford not to sell sometimes when that happens or not to refi. Mm-hmm. And who knows how the next year or two, three years are going to go as far as all that goes with interest rates and everything else. Like We're really in uncharted waters in a lot of ways on the economic level. So I guess I don't have a great answer for you as far as like a concise way of looking at debt. I'd love to say we're sourcing long-term fixed rate debt for everything, but we're not. It just doesn't always great. fit. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's almost a little bit of a game because okay, you have a lot of people now who in the past year or so were okay taking on yield maintenance debt. Uh, right. Rates were so low when before you never touched the thing, depending on rates. And for anybody listening, you know, yield maintenance can be okay if rates are very, very low today because your fees are going to, rates are probably not going to get lower. So your mm-hmm. fees probably aren't going to be too bad. So yeah, it's almost like a game where, like you said, it's uncharted. A lot of people like to think of history and think, well, last time this market happened, rates did this. There's some weight to that, but you really can't say. Sometimes you're being asked to kind of predict what you think is going to happen in the future, making your best judgment based on your experience, experience of your mentors. So what do you see on the horizon for multifamily, for the space? It sounds like you're pretty optimistic about the space as you know. I share that optimism for sure. Do you see anything changing rapidly here in the future? A lot of people are signaling recessions coming up here. You're seeing yield curves start to invert, yeah. things like that. Does that impact the way you invest or are you still charging strong on multifamily? No, we're charging strong on multifamily and a couple of notes. Again, we feel like we've strategically chosen markets and asset classes inside of those markets that are always going to have a heavy demand on them from renters and also from investors. And what I mean by that is in Columbus, we're buying places that rent for $700 to $1,200. So we're in that workforce level housing. And 
many people talk about multifamily being recession resistant or even recession proof. And the reason for that is I'm not saying that that's 100% guaranteed, but the reason for that is because in a recession, when there is upward pressure on single family pricing or upward pressure on interest rates and therefore pricing kind of, right? Or pricing comes down, but you know what I mean? You've got a situation where basically there's such a supply and demand factor in class C, class C plus, really well-managed, well-advertised, well-marketed, the whole nine yards. Like If you're doing that part of the game well and providing really quality product in these two markets that we're in, we know that we're going to be able to achieve the rents that we're going to achieve even in a recession environment. Like you said, it's so hard to predict. When COVID hit, nobody would have predicted what happened. Everybody got it wrong, including some of the smartest people I know. And But 2022 is supposed to be a lot like 2021 in the multifamily space. And then kind of all bets are off as far as where things go from there. But we're buyers right now, big time. The interest rates are still low. There's still a lot of capital out there that needs good place, good home, good yield. And there's a lot of properties that need good owners and good managers. So we're full speed ahead. Yeah. It's a big need that is not getting filled. So if you look at new supply being delivered over the past, even going back 40 years versus population growth in that same time period, populations outpace new deliveries almost two to one Right for the past 40, 50 years. And then especially over the past 10 years, it's been like a three to one ratio. Right. So there's an enormous need there. When you think about recession, you know, yeah, you see maybe a lot of those luxury places get hit a little bit harder. Or people start to taper back some spending habits. But at the end of the day, people will always need housing and apartments will always be an enormous demand because there's just not enough land to build a single family home for every single person that needs housing in these great markets. For that listener out there who is still stuck mm-hmm. on that zero to 572, thinking to themselves, wow, I mean, I could never reach that or it would take me years to reach that. What would you suggest they should start doing? to eventually get themselves in a spot where you're at. And maybe they don't want to get that big, but in a spot where they can choose deals and they have good deal flow and they're investing a lot. What do they need to be doing now to lay that groundwork? It's really a headspace game, largely what you're talking about now. And I think you can best change your mindset about what's possible for yourself through a few things. Number one is education, like just getting wicked good at speaking the language and the terminology and talking to brokers, asking pro questions, that is a key with brokers. Like, Ask questions about the market that are intelligent, that make them realize that you know what you're talking about. You have some examples and, of that? Hey, how do you feel about this submarket out here on the east side of town with what's going on with the new Intel factory in Columbus that we got? Like, If you come in educated a little bit about got some it. stuff that's happening and then ask for their thoughts on it and their opinion on it, they're like, wow. And in general, just asking about like, Say in your class C asset, your workforce level housing, what are you seeing like sold cap rates going for, like on existing financials? Something like that. Like just something that allows you to use the language to show what you're talking about. And also, these are important questions. Like you need to know this stuff. And another way of rapidly shifting your mindset is to hire a coach or a mentor or get into a mentorship program like Michael Blanc's or Jake and Gino's or Rod Cleef's. Those mentorship programs really 
produce. If you put your heart and soul into those, you will be successful. I promise. So it's really about getting your head around that you can do a 200, 150 unit deal, a hundred unit deal. That's a home run right there. If you haven't yeah. done one yet. And Michael Blanc talks about the law of the first deal. And what he's talking about is that once you get that first deal done, things really shift and change for you because you now have this track record with a broker and a lender in a market and people take note of that. And all of a sudden you get calls from other brokers that you haven't heard of before because you're showing up on their prospect list and stuff like that. And it's game changing. So getting that first deal done can be very challenging, but it's pushing the boulder up the mountain and you get to the top and get that first deal done. And man, things roll after that. They really do. It's not like it gets easy necessarily, but it gets fun and it gets intense and things start happening. Yeah. I couldn't agree more about all of that, about the first deal, about mentorship programs. I'm a big believer in formal mentorship. You can find free stuff. You can learn a ton, you know, podcast books, which of course all the listeners are very privy to, but when you pay for information, you pay for the exact steps and the blueprint and that personalized guidance, you lean in really hard when somebody's telling you something and you've paid a good amount of money for that information and you capitalize on it. So tell us about this podcast that you've got as well. Yeah. So the Apartment Guys podcast, I've had it for, I don't know, a year and a half, 85 episodes. It's always interview-based, kind of like yours, Justin, and just try to get the highest level guests I can get on there. They make the show fantastic. I think it's a very good show and it's very good, not because of me, but because of the guests that I select and some really inspiring guests on there. I would tell people to start with the Neil Bawa episode that just came out recently. If you're interested in different markets and analytics and like the trends in the multifamily space, but there's some great coaches on there. I've got brokers on there that tell you how to be a good client to them, like from the broker's perspective. Those are really good episodes. So here to serve and always available if anybody ever wants to reach out to me and I love chatting with folks. And trust me for all the listeners out there, people who make these podcasts, we really are doing everything we can to get the absolute best guests to really educate and really put as much value as we can up front. So check out the podcast of Tate. It's been really, really awesome having you here. Lots of nuggets of information, a great story and really some great action steps. Now, how can people get a hold of you and who should maybe get in touch? Yeah. So investwithgreenlight.com probably the best way to reach out. You can reach out to me there. You can actually book an appointment with me there to meet on Zoom. Like I've got a Calendly link that you can schedule an appointment with me there. And anybody that wants to can reach out, to be totally honest, whether you're dipping your toe in the water or whether you're seasoned and whether you're a passive investor that wants to look at getting into deals or you're looking more at becoming an operator or general partner, there's always opportunities to partner with us. So we're doing deals all the time and we work with people all the time as partners. So listeners, we are going to put links to everything that Tate just said in the show notes. If you're there, of course, if you haven't already, make sure you download our free book, The Definitive Guide to Building Generational Wealth and Passive Cash Flow Through Multifamily Real Estate. Tate, thank you so much for coming on. It was great having you on the show. Yeah, it was fantastic, Justin. So much fun. <laughs>